the history of the Minnesota Vikings is as rich as it is completely brutal. And for the last year, maybe two, John Boyce and his co-conspirators at Secret Base have been drowning in it. So I brought him on the show to talk about it. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You like that on three, one, two, three, you like it! You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, Luke Braun, and let's find some joy today. You can find the Locked On Vikings podcast wherever you find your favorite shows, whether it is a podcast listening app like SiriusXM. We're partnered with them. You can also catch the show on YouTube if you prefer a video component or Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Thank you so much to those of you who listen to this show every single day. And for my hashtag everydayers, this should be a really fun one for you because my everydayers who are listening to history episodes in the offseason last year are going to get a whole bunch of that fun stuff rewarded as we talk to John Boyce of Secret Base, who is currently releasing his History of the Minnesota Vikings series. And this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This will be a very fun interview and I want to get right into it. Uh, But for those of you who don't know the context here, uh, John Boyce is a producer at Secret Base, which is a YouTube channel. They do the Dorktown series, which is a series of sort of storytelling mini documentaries and stuff, and some major history documentary series. Seven episodes on a given team uh, telling their history from start to finish. He's doing the Vikings right now. Uh, Last year, I did something similar. I made a seven-part series. It was almost exactly seven hours total of Minnesota Vikings history storytelling content. You can find mine on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash NFL. You can find his at, uh, if you just search up Secret Base Dorktown or Secret Base Vikings. So I brought him on and I picked his brain about storytelling and uh, just the the idea of the Vikings and what they represent and had one of my favorite conversations I've ever had on this podcast. So let me just cut right into it. Please enjoy. All right, everybody here with John Boyce. The uh, one of one of the producers of Secret Base and their many history of a franchise series. Now they're doing the Vikings. Um, John, I did a similar project a year ago. I did the history of the Minnesota Vikings, uh, a seven part series, very much inspired by your Falcons one. I was watching your Falcons one. It was like episode three or four of it when it was coming out. And I was like, man, it would be cool if someone did this for the Vikings. <laughs> I think I will. <laughs> I guess you had the same thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't blame you for coming to that conclusion because it was around that time. I think it was, I think it was episode four of Falcons when we uh, started uh, getting into the 1998 NFC Championship game, and uh, Alex and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, we have to do the Vikings. Like, this is a team way more uh, interesting than the franchise we're currently covering. We have to get to them, and I think. You and I probably stumbled upon that realization at the same time. And uh, yeah, our projects were even titled the exact same, if I recall, right? Oh, yeah. I, d- I didn't try to title it anything uh, <laughs> too swanky. Um, yeah. And it's it's interesting because, look, I'm a Vikings fan. So mine comes from the, the 
perspective of like there's emotion in mine where I talk about like my experience watching Blair Walsh miss that kick in Seattle and like where I was and my, my, I was at the Minneapolis miracle game. And like, I told the story of being there and all that. And yours is much more of like, I'll call it like the endeared outsider of like, look at these guys. They're awesome. I have nothing to do with them, but just look at them. It <laughs> like creates a, a, a way different tone on, on both sides. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that like there isn't a single, you know, our, our history of the franchise, like is definitely not the authoritative one. It's definitely not the complete one. And we try to lean into that accordingly. We're like, yeah, we're outsiders. Like, we are not Vikings fans. And, um, you know, uh, if you talk to a, a Vikings fan like yourself, um, there's a lot of things that you're going to hear about that you won't hear about from us. So it's kind of like we kind of deliver a lot of pieces of the puzzle, but it's by no means a complete one. And I would like, as I as I told you at one point, um, I while I was producing our history of the Vikings, as much as I wanted to, I did not watch much of yours because I didn't want to be sort of like inadvertently influenced or, you know, um, I wanted to retain my sort of outsidery perspective. And now that we're like almost done, I kind of can't wait to jump into yours just to see exactly how we might have told different versions of the story to, toward, you know, which gospel we decided to tell uh, versus yeah, exactly. which gospel you decided to tell. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just an incredibly fun ride start to finish. One of the things that you guys covered that I, I didn't even notice, and I feel particularly embarrassed about this because as I was editing the, uh, the first Hail Mary, the Drew Pearson pushed off thing, I looked at that for hours, editing that segment and making sure all the timings were right and making sure all the voiceover was right. I re-recorded the voiceover for that several times. I looked at that thing for days. I never noticed Alan Page was not on the field. <laughs> I didn't notice it either. Uh, all credit goes to my my producer, Alex Rubenstein, and uh, you know, co-narrator, co co-host. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else on earth who would have noticed it because I mean, I like everyone else, like just took it for granted. Like, why would he not be on the field? So basically what Alex did is he wanted to really deconstruct every frame of that Hail Mary. And so he started with like identifying the personnel on the field. And he was like, he slacked me one day in March and he was like, I think I'm going crazy, but I do not see Alan Page. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. And he spent like days looking over it. And he's like, no, that's not, that is not Alan Page. Um, and so that's, it sort of astonished us because first of all, I never would have seen it in a million years um, if he didn't catch it. And I don't blame anybody for not having noticed over the last nearly 50 years or so. Um, it's something that Alan Page himself was aware of. Um, and when I talked to him about it, it was very, very in character with him. Um, he is much more than a football player, than a retired football player, as you know, um, gone mm -hmm. on to do many um, astonishing things. And uh, to him, he was just like, well, yeah, no, I, I wasn't on the field. I don't really know why. I uh, never got an explanation, never asked for one. Uh, it is what it is. And uh, I just moved on with my life. And uh, I just found that to be astonishing and very, very on brand for Alan Page. Stories can be told in so many different ways. And the approach to them, either by a fan or an outsider, or just the way what endears you versus what endears me. Uh, like, for example, in mine, the Super Bowl four was a set. The first two episodes build up to Super Bowl four and Super Bowl four. I basically sell it as a Lamar Hunt revenge game because of what the Vikings did to the AFL. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and your approach to that completely different things are in a totally different order. And like, um, I, I think it's, it's something where I know this is super cliche, but y'all you, you just got to watch both. Just have to watch <laughs> both things. I think so. And I think what, like from the, the, um, small portions of yours that I allowed myself to watch, um, the one, like there's several different value adds one with yours. There's a lot more footage to watch. Um, and you get to kind yeah, of, yeah, I didn't really do the, like the, the chart thing, both because I, I don't know how to do that, but also cause I didn't want to like steal your style entirely. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, my, my style is completely, uh, public domain. Anyone can steal it. I don't care about that. Yeah. Uh, that just may, means I have more cool shit to watch. So like a yeah, uh, good, enough. good deal on my end, but, um, yeah, I mean yours. And then like you also, you know, you were, you um i didn't see this part that you just described but when you key in on that um revenge game element uh to super bowl four that's not really something we touched on and i think the only reason i didn't was really just time constraints i was like eh, I of course wrap yeah this you up know, in an hour. but that is such a cool angle there's also the angle like me being a chiefs fan like you know, hey, first Super Bowl. Yeah, I was like sure whole, you were going to go there. <laughs> uh, I see. I didn't let myself. I wanted to talk okay. about like Lynn Dawson and like the gambling like drama mm-hmm. that surrounded him at the time. That would have been like really interesting to to dive into. But um, Alex and I have sort of agreed on a solemn vow that we will never do one of these projects about our own teams, um, just because we have decided. Um, I mean, a honestly, like. I would love to do one on the chiefs, but I kind of pulled myself back. Cause I'm like, they're not that interesting of a franchise. Like the Vikings are unique. I think if the Vikings were my team, I would probably let myself do it just because they are. And this is like coming from somebody who's totally not a Vikings fan. They are the most interesting NFL franchise in my opinion, um, by like a good margin. Um, the most interesting stories, most interesting human beings. Um, so I kind of, I wanted to kind of, prevent myself from i didn't want to go too far afield i wanted to stay locked on them um yeah so i I have a couple other questions that i want to make sure i get to so we're going to keep it rolling on the locked on vikings podcast we'll be back with john in just a second but before i do that i would like to talk to you about shorts bird dogs are very good shorts they make you look good feel good they fit better than regular shorts that are usually made out of like a stiff restrictive cotton And uh, they fit slimmer through the thigh to give you a truly sculpted, delectable, and lickable look. Bird dogs, they have uh, their own fabric, cloud knit fabric, that looks just like khakis. It's like a khaki short you could wear golfing, uh, but it stretches in a way that gives you a much slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They have an anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter promo code NFL for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NFL or promo code NFL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Moving on with the Locked On Vikings podcast. Here with John Boyce talking about the history of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I realized we got into this whole conversation and I never actually asked you uh, to tell people where they can find this. So why don't you plug it real quick before we keep going? Uh, sure, yeah. Our channel is called Secret Base. Um, we make sports documentaries of various uh, lengths and on various different sports. Um, you can look up Secret Base on YouTube and we are there. Um, we like to tell ourselves and tell everybody else that like, 
we tell stories that just happen to be about sports. Um, first and foremost, we just love a good story and sports are the greatest story factor that um, exists. Uh, so that's, that's us. And uh, we hope you like it. The history of the Vikings is, is running right now. We're posting every Tuesday, a new episode and a new decade. And it's at 8 PM central. Uh, yeah, eight, eight, uh, Minneapolis time, um, for you can each pop episode. In and chat and, and yeah, you can drop live. in the chat. We're usually there live. And, uh, if you don't catch it live, of course you can just watch it later. Excellent. Um, so I guess on a, on a broader, like artistic perspective, cause like, like it's like, there, there's a philosophy that I have, like everyone has an interesting story if you tell it right. Um, but how you tell it is such a, a personal and artistic choice. Like, for me, what the Vikings have taught me as a fan is that sport, like how many things sports can give you that aren't winning a championship. Cause they can't do that. They haven't been able to do that, but how like sports have all these other values and what they can bring to somebody like Chris Carter saved his life, you know, or, or what they can bring to somebody like uh, Fran Tarkenton in terms of legacy, but also that's bittersweet because what is his legacy? Right. And all that. Um, so I guess in a super like auteur uh, coffee house with jazz playing in the background kind of way. What is the story that you're telling here? Um, I guess it's a sort of a meta answer. Cause we, so with this kind of completes our trilogy um, of history of a team series. First we did the Seattle Mariners and the Atlanta Falcons, and we concluded with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. And we kind of tried to figure out what the core identity of each organization was. And we think of Seattle Mariners as like the protagonists of their sport, the protagonists of their, of their fan base. Um, Falcons are like the clowns, the court jesters, the mm -hmm. trickster gods, you know, just the cruel, um, <laughs> ironic, uh, you know, uh, they're just uh, ugh, so many words for them. Yeah. Um, but I would I would call the Vikings the great storytellers of, of football. And like toward the end, we actually use the line. We call them the great American storytellers because they pull at so many threads um, at of American life and American culture and history, um, including a lot of the very most unflattering ones. Um, yeah. And uh, I think if, if you really want to understand America and the American sort of soul um, for good and for bad, uh, the Vikings are not at all a bad place to start. They are, to me, a, a story about finding identity, I guess. Mm. in that you know they had this this cold weather identity and then they moved inside and then they had to figure out who they were again and there's something that's so relatable to me about that and it's it's funny that like it always finds a way to become a personal story like and i think for me like doing this project you guys have done it three times i have no idea how you've done that and you haven't melted into a puddle uh because <laughs> that was the hardest i've ever worked in my entire life uh but it like I found a voice I didn't have before. And I think that might be the, like one of the great values of storytelling is that the storyteller can learn things about themselves, I guess. I don't know. No, that's absolutely right. I, I think I would 100% identify with that idea. Um, I think you sort of, there's the process of talking through it. That is uh, really, really edifying and really like there are a lot of things that you kind of, feel and have a hunch about and you don't even know that that's really what you what you're feeling until you really put it into words and like i mean this whole thing is like um 
you know, the theme, the identity of, you know, the cold weather team. Um, there are things like that where like, I kind of, I knew going in, I kind of suspected that that was a theme we would touch on, but I didn't really get a grasp on it until I actually tried to put it to words. And uh, just the act of doing that. I mean, if I did one on, you know, bananas or something, I think I would probably have a lot more of a, a, a clear idea of how I feel about bananas if I did a documentary about them. You know, it's, it, yeah. it works that way with everything. For sure. And it's funny. So as we are recording this, uh, episode four, which is the 80s for you, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Episode four is not out yet. So I haven't seen it. Of course, you know everything about it. But uh, the 80s are so funny because they f- still feel like they're trying to be a, the same team, but they're like in a dome and they're like, this guy's about baby Chuck Foreman. We'll take him instead of Marcus Allen. That's Darren Nelson. Uh, <laughs> like are still trying to to replicate, you know, Tommy Kramer. Yeah, he's he's like our friend Tarkenton replacement. He's we're gonna ask him to do all the same things, <laughs> and it makes me think about like times in my life where you know I grew up in Minnesota and then I moved to Los Angeles. The times in my life where I had to kind of realize, you know, I am where I am now and I'm not where I was before, and uh. Like, I don't know, sports can do that and be this like mirror that we like apply our own lives to. And that is, I think, one of the great lessons that the Vikings can can teach you is everybody remembers where they were when when Gary Anderson missed that kick, you know, and it sort of grafts onto you in a way that I don't think really anything else in culture does. Yeah, that it's a that's an interesting I mean, because it looks like you have the experience of like sort of, you know, the remote NFL fan who's far away yeah. from the team that you that you root for. I, same thing for me. I became a Chiefs fan when I was six. And then when I was nine, we moved away from Kansas City. And I've I've just always been that remote um, NFL fan. And, uh, you know, I don't have any friends who are Chiefs fan. They're, they're, they're all fans of other teams. So it's like there's very sort of like displaced experience that um i think i kind of now that you mentioned it i kind of feel a piece of that in that feeling of like the vikings moving into the metrodome in 82 and like just kind of not quite being the same anymore and that kind of not quite being who they were um it's an interesting thing it's 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 fun to kind of pick apart we do talk about that a whole lot and then we do talk about the you know, the 2015 TCF bank game where they do have to come out in the cold for the right. first time. In it's like they got to be themselves again. And it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, the Minnesota elements, like saying goodbye to them like one last time, because right. I mean, for all we can tell, it's quite possible. They'll never play outdoors in Minnesota ever again. You know, almost certainly they will not. Yeah. 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 So here's something I've, I want to ask you about. There are so many people on YouTube that have sort of, taken your style i'll call it the chart party style of the google earth thing with lots of different graphs and stuff and have spun it into totally different stories i don't know if you know there's a a guy this has nothing to do with football i don't care uh a guy named bobby broccoli that does stuff about like physics and there's a guy that did uh, the syracuse men's lacrosse team and did an entire thing about that how does that feel to have that many that that many and, and they're all phenomenal pieces uh have that much creativity coming out with you almost as like a sort of a conduit 
It's kind of amazing. I mean, I I never really expected uh, to inspire anyone in any way. I just figured I was just making my goofy stuff, and I'm like, oh, here's a a new thing. I I I feel like I'm capable of throwing into the uh, into the mix and maybe making something new. But um, yeah, you said Bobby Broccoli. Uh, he makes some of the best videos on YouTube, just period. Um, and I am not at all. I chemistry was my least favorite subject in high school. Uh, kind of pretty much hated it and all the same like his his videos are some of my favorite stuff to watch period it is top tier just storytelling it's so great so before i let you go i guess first i just want to again say thank you both for doing this but also for for being the storyteller you storyteller that you are i know it sounds really hokey but uh i your your stories have made me a better storyteller I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So thank you for just being you. And the second thing is in the upcoming episode that will be out by the time this podcast goes out. So you can go to secret base right now and watch it. If you haven't watched the whole series, but in that episode four, is there anything fun that you would like to tease to get people to go over to watch it? Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for those kind words. I really appreciate it. And I feel like storytelling is uh, is a two way street. Um, we always tell the story with the person on the other end, um, in this case, you, um, you know, in mind. And, um, you know, we, we just are really, really grateful that people um, show up, show up and show support and like, you know, genuinely seem to enjoy it. And that means the world to us. Um yeah, as far as this episode, uh, there was a guy named Les Steckel, um, who we talk about oh boy. a lot. <laughs> That's a naughty <laughs> word in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm saying that word from like six states away, so uh, I think yeah. I'm safe. But uh, yeah, uh, to me, that was hilarious. Uh, we do also talk about one of my favorite human beings who has ever lived named Jerry Burns. Um, yep. I, I love him so much. And we, of course, we we do a very long, involved statistical breakdown of his infamous uh, 1989 <laughs> rant um, and uh, the, the Bob Schnelker rant and everything that went into yep. that. Because that there's that's a great story. So, yeah. <laughs> After a game in which the Vikings won. They did indeed a, win. Overtime safety, I believe. Like, as exciting as it gets. <laughs> yeah, it was all just... It was such a great show of friendship and loyalty because everybody had been just dragging Bob Schnelker in in ways that I kind of felt were unfair. Um, and he just had it. He wanted to stick up for his buddy. And I, I thought it was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it, it's it's so funny because he just talks like that. Like that's yeah. that's a normal Jerry Burns conversation. It's, that's not an outburst. He's just that's just him. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and the the thing i love about him is he doesn't even really seem like actually mad he is just he uses f-bombs in the way that i use uh or like or something yeah, right. like that it's just a <laughs> thing to put in between other words that he's saying it's just it's, seasoning it's, on the sentence yeah exactly beautiful way of speaking <laughs> all right well thank you so much for your time uh i'll let you go get back to it because i think you're you're not 100 finished right there's still some work to do on the last bits or is it over uh, we got a little bit in the way of like legal review. We got to make sure some footage use cases are all buttoned up because mm. we spend a lot of time like uh, checking on those and making sure they we can make fair use arguments for them. But uh, other than that, basically done. So yeah, really just excited to get the rest out there. I'm so excited to watch it, man. Thank you so much for giving me your time. This is a really cool conversation. Awesome, Luke. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks again so much to John. Uh, that was super, super, super cool and a conversation the likes of which like i don't think i'll ever be able to have a conversation like that with someone who 
shares that particular perspective with me again. That's super, super cool. Um, and please do go watch the the history. Go watch my history doc. Go watch their history doc. It's great. I'm actually like halfway through episode four as I record the rest of this episode. Uh, so I would like to talk a little bit about Jaron Hall for the rest of the show. Um, and before I do that, I'm going to tell you about LinkedIn jobs. It's hiring season and LinkedIn jobs is the place to put your job opening. If you are hiring, you want to be hundred percent certain that you have access to the best available qualified candidates, but with so many candidates out there, it's really hard to narrow all of that stuff down. Now, LinkedIn is the biggest play, uh, job pool out there. So you will not be hurting for resumes, but they also have tools like screening questions, et cetera, to help you narrow down that big, giant, fat stack of applicants. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And right now, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free and very easily at linkedin.com slash NFL. Just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and it will spread the word that you're hiring. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for or free terms and conditions apply. Thanks a million to those of you who listen to this show every single day. My hashtag everydayers. Uh, switching gears to the more current Vikings. Um, so Jaron Hall's played a couple games now, and we've got a little bit of tape on him. Now, he's playing with the threes and the fours. So some of this tape is just wrecked by that. There's just times where you don't really get to see him go through a full read because he's getting sacked immediately because Christian Delorio's out there. Like, it's just going to be the world. <laughs> There's nothing he can do about it. So we can't really evaluate him. But we've got enough, I think, to be able to uh, at least take a quick check in of what he's doing. I have a Patreon post coming out uh, probably around the same time as you're listening to this. If it's not out yet, it'll be out soon. Patreon.com slash LukeBrownNFL. And that's also where you find the history doc. <laughs> But I, I went through some of his reps against the Tennessee game, and it's hard. To, there's like seven reps that I found even remotely informative, which is a pretty small sample. So I still feel like I'm gathering information. Um, but here is what I have noticed. For one, I think Jaron Hall, I've, I, I, like I watched him go through a full field read, which is nice. For a rookie quarterback, you don't want to see him staring down first reads. That was never going to be a thing for Jaron Hall. Uh, if you, you know, kind of trust what he did at BYU, but it's always nice to see that translate. Um, I think the timing is still very slow on it though. That is kind of what I noticed from what I could glean out of the Seattle game, which was very little. And then I sort of saw that again in Tennessee. So I'm going to guess I'm going to keep seeing it. We'll see a lot of him against uh, Arizona. It sounds like, uh, but it just, it, it, it's, you know, he goes, you know, all right, alert one, two. Um, but it's just got to tighten up just a scotch. And I think that will help some of those pressures not necessarily get to him. And I think the, the main note that I have, I guess, if I, if I were to, to be, you know, the QB coach of the Vikings and put myself in his shoes, my main note would be when you're out and on the run, keep trying to find it. And if you see that throw, you can make that throw and to trust his ability to throw on the run. There is a throw on the run that he delivers that is an absolute strike. I want to say it was Thayer Thomas on a corner route. Safety comes over, makes a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful play, and ends up breaking it up. But it was about as accurate of a throw as you could want on the run. And we've seen plenty of that at BYU as well. Um, 
they the I know the Vikings like his ability to roll on the run because here's the other thing. They called a bunch of rollouts for him. Whole bunch of keeper flood, short to long reads. Uh keeper is the McVay word for a rollout. And then they've got all these different little variations. There's a Bobby Peters book uh that is a, a great read. I highly recommend if you want to get to know offense better, go find Bobby Peters and whatever offense intrigues you the most. Uh, I highly recommend 2021 Rams, 2019 49ers, 2022 Dolphins. If you read those, you'll actually get a really good sense for what the Vikings are doing. Um, Because there's uh, bits and pieces of all of those in what Kevin O'Connell is doing this year. Um, And he's got a guide to keepers, which all I think you need to know for this is there's a bunch of different variations for what the first guy is. So it's a, it's a three-level read. There's a deep guy, a middle guy, and a, and, a, and a check down, basically. But with these, they're short to long reads. So the, the quote-unquote check down. The short guy is the first read. If he's there, just flip it to him, and it's kind of supposed to be a quick game of sorts. So just go get him, and he'll, and he'll uh, catch the ball and run. And then if he is covered up, well, then maybe we can get a chunk play, and then maybe this becomes a shot play or something. If, if you can't find anyone, just like huck it up to the deep guy, and let's see if we can win a jump ball. Um, the timing of those, by and large, really sound, really nice with Jaron Hall, and you could go into Colin Thompson and Ben Sims on these. But if I were to put on my negativity glasses for a minute and find a concern in that, it's that there are so many rollouts that I just want to know... Does he have the ability to run more dropback stuff? There are dropback concepts and stuff, and maybe that's just what the Vikings are calling because they want to see all of their threes and fours on rollouts in particular just to see, you know, make decisions on who's going to be on the practice squad and stuff. Um, That is absolutely a possibility, and I'm not going to know the answer to that question, but it's the one I have. Uh, If that isn't the concern and they're just running a lot of rollouts for some other reason, then great, easy thing to drop, but I don't know, something to keep in mind. But really, when he's running out there in the flat, there's a, a couple of times where he's looking at something and he wants to throw it and he could throw it uh, either one time. Lucky Jackson was working back to the ball in a scramble drill. One time it was uh, D. Wayne McBride had actually won on a route, uh, gotten separation, could have gotten a first down for him. He ends up scrambling and getting it with his legs. And in both cases, he looked at it and declined it in a world where I think ideally he has the confidence to, to chuck that one. Uh, and hey, look, if it's incomplete or whatever, we talk about why. But th- that's what I think I want from Jaron Hall is to just like he sees it and he's just a little bit too safe with it right now. And hey, for a guy that came out of came out of college with a, a whole bunch of hideous interceptions and stuff, playing it too safe is not something I'm ever going to be too mad at. But that's like, I guess, where he's at right now. But I, I kind of reiterate with Jaron Hall, and this is why I was I, I liked the idea of picking a day three quarterback this year so much, is that we don't need a thing from him this year. Uh, he is he is a 2024 player, and that's when we need him to be somebody that, you know, the rookie beats out in a competition. You know, go be the Davis Mills that CJ Stroud beats out by the end of the second preseason game. That's that's what we need from from Jaron Hall, not, you know, immediate, ready to play. Uh, day one production. Um, and I think what we're seeing is with all the experience that he has out in college, you can see him very comfortable in the reads and he doesn't look like an overwhelmed rookie. Uh, I, I think he's, you know, they're making tweaks to his game. And so there's some work in progressness to it. Uh, but I guess what I'm saying is 
he's about where I expected him to be, which is under construction. And that's okay, because he's got time to be under construction. Tomorrow on the show, uh, I'll talk about whatever news goes on. I believe there's going to be a joint practice to recap, so maybe we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But I also have an interview with Arif Hassan, who just... Uh, he does the Minnesota football party with me on Mondays and Thursdays over at Lockdown Minnesota Sports. And he just released a Substack, which uh, he came on to talk about a couple of pieces from that. So that was actually really fun to talk about. Um, so look forward to that. And I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, Skull. <laughs>